Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I'm pro- I'm the professor, and my co-hosts are Bucky and DJ. Hey guys, how you going? What are you guys been up to? Um, laughing up a storm. Yeah, my fault. If we ever make a blooper reel, that'll be in it. <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, I just I've just seen something that is going to rock the DJ's world. Unicorn Fruit Loops. No way! <laughs> Get out! <laughs> Get what out. are they, Fruit Loops with glitter? I don't know. It was just something a friend posted on Facebook. I think they're going to make marsh like some um. Wait, is this a show intro or are we just uh, are we just chatting yeah. up before? Yeah, no, it's serious. So you'd better remember to add unicorn Fruit Loops to the show notes, or I will hunt you down. Well, you put it on general instead of show notes, so. Well, put it back in the show notes section. Sorry. There you go. Our first topic today is from our most incompetent host, the DJ. <laughs> so, just recently, Titan Comics and Alcone Media today released a trailer for Blade Runner 2019, a new comic book series set in the Blade Runner universe. So, this series will be coming live and it'll be set in the same era as the Blade Runner film, and it will have a cast and an original. And be written by screenwriter Michael Green, who wrote Logan, and with Mike Johnson, who wrote Star Trek and Superman and Batman. And art will be done by Andreas Naldo. And they gave us a very short synopsis, which is based series hero Ash, female Blade Runner, will over the course of 12 issues search family of a missing family of a billionaire with connection company that I think that's a very story. Yeah. I wonder if the, I assume the family is going to be Tyrell family. Why? Well, because Tyrell Corp created the replicants. Yeah, but it just said someone, it was just saying someone associated with the company. Yeah, true. So it could be, um... I don't know, someone who finance. Yeah, or they could even go full retcon and instead just have it um, have some small company that invented the replicants mm-hmm. that then got overtaken by Tyrell. Or it could actually be the, the, the original genetic supply. Yeah, it was never clear about that. Replicants are like clones, aren't they? Essentially, with robotic or cybernetic enhancements. Yeah. For some of it, so... The um, well, the movie's less clear about it than the book, but in the book, it's made pretty clear that they're not human, but they're completely indistinguishable from a human unless you do an autopsy. Yeah, which is the reason why he has to ask so many different questions to try and get the response. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way, but they must um, basically clones with substandard brains. You mean they're politicians? <laughs> No, I wouldn't lump politicians in with some of the best villains in movies. But the original ones might have been dumber. Yeah, well, that's the uh, the plot of the book. One of the um, one of the points they make is that the newest generation of uh, Tyrell replicants are called uh, Nexus Fives, I believe, and there's rumours of a even more advanced Nexus Six. And the cops are all um, getting antsy because they're worried that since the Nexus 5 is so close to being human, mm-hmm. the Nexus 6 will be completely indistinguishable. So what about the Nexus 8? That model gets cancelled and replaced by the Pixel line. Okay. I think this is a good uh, good idea to um, introduce the world of Blade Runner wider audience in terms of world building. Yeah, like, there's a lot of world building in, the, in both the book and the movie, but <clears throat> there's a lot of side stories you can tell in that universe. As long as it doesn't end up like um, the Star Wars universe where there's so many different authors writing up all these different books and things that go, that go off on their own tangent away from the original canon. And then when 
the original author or someone says, no, well, you're not, that's not right. You have a bunch of fans all going, oh, but we like that more. Yeah, that's turned into a bit of a mess. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just Blade Runner. you gotta, you got to keep it pure. It's got to stay true to the original story and concept. It can't get too airy fairy. It's got to. It's got to keep that grittiness. So, anything else there for us with that DJ? Um, <clears throat> so far, they're saying that. Um, so, the founders of Titan that they're extremely excited to be published comic series. Barely been explored, and there's so much there. It's an honor to bring the world new ways. So, yeah, I agree with the whole um, the whole canon thing. But I'm just wondering though, because there there is word that there'll be a sequel. There'll be a sequel Blade Runner work. Well, so, there already um, is Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh, no, I meant after. Okay. So there's another Blade Runner after 2049, so I'm wondering whether they might, whether this comics be part of the uh, whole universe. I love the cover art, though. It's in the article in the show notes. Yeah. And uh, they've got an image of the first issue art, which is some mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous uh, cyberpunk. I like the outfit, especially. It's, it's sticking with the true characters in the book yeah uh yeah that's um rachel from the movies isn't it yeah so are they actually alluding that she might also herself be a um replicant that would make a lot of sense because wasn't it it's been a while since i last watched the original movie um wasn't that something that they were alluding to with the original blade runner movie and in, in the book was that he would he himself as the blade runner was also a replicant yeah, it's been quite a long time since I've read or watched it. Although I actually have it right, like, just out of arm's reach, the the book there. But um, I'm pretty sure in the book, um, Deckard was a human. Mm. And in the movie, they confirmed him to be a replicant. Okay. But then I haven't seen 2049, so that might be different. Mm. All right. Oh. The, um, so what's, what's the release date on this? Uh, the release date be July seventh. Uh, July seventh. Okay. Cool. I want to see, see more of like besides the com- <clears throat> besides the comics. Like cool to see like a game. Speaking uh, of which, uh, I brought it up during the meeting the other day. But um, a bit of an honourable mention to the fan group who has spent eight years uh, working on patches for the um, the nineteen ninety seven Blade Runner game, where you play as a Blade Runner and the replicants are randomly generated. So you have to travel through the city and track down actual replicants. No, it's a lot of fun that game. Mind I, you, this I'm, is... I'm going to download it and check it out sometime. Although you, although you get in trouble if you shot too many of the wrong people. It tends to happen in real life too. <laughs> yeah. Although, mind you, this is the same studio um, that inspired June Art Strategy Games and also Command and Conquer. As yeah, well as... it's um, Westwood. Yeah. Hmm. Tragically murdered by EA. Although they did do very well with June. It, Command and Conquer, a little bit iffy. I can hear the DJ's fuse popping out now. <laughs> He's gone silent. I have broken him. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I said I, I'd like to see more of that. I've got you guys going to jump on it. No, um, then we should probably just move along. Unless, yeah. but I'm, I'm happy. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it, and um, I'm probably going to find a way to pick up a copy when it comes out. But uh, our next topic is controversy over Pokemon Sword and Shield. No, not controversy over Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> this is the biggest controversy I've ever seen over a Pokemon game. What's it's, happening? They announced a few days ago that they're not going to be bringing every Pokemon forward. Oh, which, no. Uh, 
the last time they broke um, sort of continuity of being able to bring a Pokemon between games was back after the second generation when they moved to Game Boy Advance. And uh, I understand there's no way to bring Pokemon forward that way. But ever since then, you've been able to spend $5 a month or whatever it comes to for a subscription to Pokemon Bank where you can transfer your Pokemon. So even if you only play by yourself, you can use a Nintendo DS to transfer Pokemon from third gen all the way up to, uh, I think, eighth gen. And now this newest generation, Sword and Shield, has decided to do away with all that. And people are not happy. I would I would blame them. I mean, it's at this stage, I mean, Pokemon Shield is like a DLC where you're adding in new material onto a already good game. That's been every generation of Pokemon. Each um, each generation, they try something different and pretty much forget about it by the next generation. It's really weird that they don't seem to carry over the way you'd think. That. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I've seen a lot of comparisons here with uh, Mega Evolutions and Z-Moves from the past couple of generations that, for whatever reason, weren't brought forwards. Oh, what uh, confuses me is that they have 800 Pokemon, which is fair. There's a ton of them, but the level of animation isn't really that great, even though they're bragging about it. And the um, only just a few years back, they created what they called future-proof models every Pokemon so that they wouldn't need to keep upgrading them for a few years. So I don't know why there's um, such a worry about overworking their staff to bring the Pokemon forwards. Mm-hmm. Maybe that maybe Nintendo <clears throat> is trying to say to the cust um hey um you know what we're gonna try something we're gonna be um being on forget the tear down the past forget the past we're gonna this sword and shield is going to be the best in Nintendo ever so stuff the past this is the future. Well, they're not doing that though. They're bringing forward a selection of Pokemon from previous games. And I haven't seen anywhere where they're saying what Pokemon are coming, oh, how many of them there are. But it's definitely not the full 800. Well, it's more like 50 at best, 55. Now, you know what it is. They're going to move them all over into Super Smash Brothers. Oh! No, I was talking to my friends the other day. Seven-hour video of the release of all the new characters. I was talking to my friends the other day, and... Uh, there's already half a dozen Pokemon in Smash. So if they, yeah, there's the three starters from Generation 1, although some of them are evolved. So you get, I think, Squirtle, uh, Ivysaur, and Charizard. There's uh, Lucario, Jigglypuff, Pichu, Pichu, Greninja, Greninja, uh, Mewtwo, Pokemon um, Incineroar, So Pokemon Trainer is a combination of Charizard, Squirtle, and Ivysaur. They had um, they had all of them in those three as individual Pokemon in the older versions. Mm-hmm. But I just thought because they had every other Nintendo character has been brought into the um, Smash latest Smash Brothers release. So I thought maybe they were going to just bring all of the Pokemon characters in there now. Well, that would be really cool. I mean, there's already like 50 other Pokemon as well who are basically item drops. You pick up a Pokeball on the stage, throw it, and a Pokemon pops out and helps you fight. But it would be such an insane amount of work. It would be amazing to have Super Smash Brothers Pokemon with all 800 Pokemon. But isn't there already a game, like a fighting game, which all which has all the Pokemon? Just similar to Smash Brothers, isn't that like? Um... No, it's Pokken, and it Pocken? it doesn't have uh, that many Pokemon in it. What about Pokemon um, Stadium? Yeah, they haven't made a Pokemon Stadium in years. 
And even then, they only have a subset of Pokemon. Oh, that'd be... But, um, so when does Sword and Shield come out? Um, I don't think I've actually seen a release date yet. I think it's due in 2020. Okay. But it's at 2020, so it'll, take a, it'll be a while before they... I think they'll fix it up. Be about three months from now, they'll announce the changes to how many. Um, no, I think they've um, they're serious about this and they're not planning to bring them forwards, which is understandable. It is an insane amount of work to keep supporting thousands of Pokemon for forever. Basically, it's just kind of disappointing that even though they future proofed it a couple of years ago and game graphically isn't anything special, that they're not able to bring them all forwards. Mm-hmm. It is adding though an feature called wild zone which is kind of like um the drop in drop out multiplayer you see in dark souls where occasionally you'll just run into another player but it combines that with the wild pokemon that you see in the let's go games where the pokemon are just out for a stroll and you can run up and capture them okay it looks like it could be really interesting so yeah hopefully they don't stuff it up yeah, I um, it'll probably blow over eventually, but um, yeah, it's just the uh, the latest controversy storm. Maybe they're gonna it'll be an upgrade that when they bring out the um Switch Two next year, it'll be they'll be able to bring it all in with that, and make it more special. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be interesting to see if in a few years they manage to pull it all together again. Mm, fingers crossed. Yeah. So our next topic is from Buck. It is. Um, we're actually suffering a um glut of clothing and textiles and there's some people that are working to give new life to all those textiles that aren't able to be recycled through um charity stalls etc so there's um a materials engineer at the university of new south wales by the name of vina Sahajwala, and I hope I got that right, who's working on it because on the macro level, the textiles are ripping apart, but on the micro level, the fibers are still really good. And so they're working on a process that's different. It's going to be different for synthetic fabrics like polyester, obviously, which are shredded and granulated to form into plastic pellets called nurdles. Um, but then um, this another part of the waste from the woman which is called shoddy you love like when they come up with these names don't you yeah shoddy shoddy and nurdles but um they're looking looking to um find ways of being able to reuse these materials so that instead of just having them go to land waste and so forth um yeah it's it's actually a a pretty big thing going on around the world as well at the moment by the way yeah i've seen a bit of a pushback to natural fibers uh, like wool and cotton because plastic fibers are linked to microplastics in the ocean. Yeah, not and just in the know. ocean, but you're also breathing them in. Yeah. Every, wonder... every time you use a zipper that's on a nylon sweatshirt, it's putting microfibers into the air that you breathe. That's just terrifying. That's the reason why I did it in that voice. I want you to be scared of it. Reminds me of, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that show, um, War on Waste. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the, uh, the hosts did a pileup of clothes and Martin Place, and apparently we waste 6,000 kilograms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this article says uh, throw away ten, six kilos every 10 minutes. That's Which, when you think about it, a shirt is only, like, depending on the person and the material, is usually only, only weighed in grams. It's not weighed by kilogram. Yeah. So 
to get 10 kilos, that's a that's a bag, like a garbage bag size. What we, well, we see um, innovation. There's also um, 3D printing in the world of fashion. That's also well. Well, that's with the nurdles. That's one of the things they're looking at using the the plastic fibers and all that are going into 3D printing of stuff. So like there's even um, there's people who are making um, handbags and bags out of old clothes and so forth. Um, so, yeah. We've gotten into too much of a throwaway society. People need to start repairing their items a bit more. So does that mean we get to play Macklemore and go to the shop? You can go to the thrift shop if you like. I'm a little bit too big for the thrift shop. They generally don't have clothes in my size. Yeah, and I go to the op shop because I'm Australian. (laughs) What, what, what? (laughs) That Suncor bad has completely ruined that song for me. I am so sick of it. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those ads has driven me nuts for the past two years or whatever it's been on. Mm-hmm. But um, oh, actually, are you an apology? I thought you said six kilograms, is six tons of clothing every ten minutes. Yeah, sorry, I, mi- I misheard you. I thought you said six kilograms. So that stuff you saw piled up, DJ. Yeah, that's six tons, and that's been thrown. That's every ten minutes by Australians alone. Could you imagine what would be coming out of France and America? I wonder how uh, how big fashion trees are reacting to line of um, fabric. Um, well, it's not just being used into um, clothing. Like um, there's a picture here with Vina where she's actually got some of the materials are being turned into tiles. And I, I have seen articles where in some parts of India they're making plastic roads, so they're recycling all the plastic. And yeah, plastic roads are apparently more durable. And the microplastics that all come from breaking, like the road breaking down under the weight of the cars, aren't great. But the first step to reducing microplastics is to keep reusing the plastic we do have. Mm-hmm. And but I think it's with the way that it's treated, the breakdown is actually there's actually less um, pollution put out from that than there is from bitumen because it, it's a that's um, armoured style plastic. I can't remember the, all the process off the top of my head. Sorry. But, um, you mean you don't actually... know everything off the top of your head? No, when you get to a certain <laughs> age, it's, you, you start to have have so many memories of so many different things. You struggle to pull them all out at once. But um, the, there's, there was a study done that showed that um, trucks and everything going across the plastic roads, because they got them in other areas of the world, where, like in, um, I think it's Sweden or Norway, they've actually got solar power, solar panels that are built into the road surface in certain areas. You mean solar freaking roadways? Yeah. Um, with that sort of technology, they've studied to see what sort of um, emissions dust is coming up from the actual road, and they've compared that to a bitumen road and a concrete road, and the plastic surface. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. 
surface is actually putting out less pollution from the actual road surface. Haven't you heard about the solar pa- solar panel roadways? Only every time it's been debunked in the past five years or whatever since the guy announced it. No, there's actually active um, bikeways that are using it and so forth, and he's working on it still for the actual roadways, but they've got it for a long time. Like they got the sensor, the solar panels in the center and so forth, and footpaths. I'll have to uh, check it out. What's also interesting is how we back this is recycle. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in the day, we always say like, "Oh, you have to recycle, recycle this stuff," and the message doesn't get. It's always, "Ah, who cares? Recycle." Now there's now we're seeing the change. From- well, it's um, I think Sweden have brought in. There's actually a tax. If you buy new stuff, you get charged a certain amount. But if you actually go for the um, get it repaired, get items repaired, you actually get a tax re- refund and rebate. So they've actually like they've actually built it into the and as a part of the economic model that there's things are being repaired. Well, that's great to hear. So uh, let's move on. What have you been playing, Buck? I've been playing Assassin's Creed 2 again. Are you any closer to finishing the game? Oh, heck no. I'm having too much fun just running around killing the bad guys. I, 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 I just have fun running around and just doing aerial assassinations and that sort of stuff. You've done the pickpocket mission? Oh, you get a few of those, but yeah. That's more of the... Um, you, you ought to do those to get the, the money to pay for your upgrades and new, new items of clothing. But yeah. Part of the fun of Assassin's Creed is just running around a town and just killing all the guards. What about you, DJ? I've been playing a bit of MK11 with newest um, character that's been um, released, which is Shang Tsung, an old favorite of the um, MK universe. And interestingly, the voice actor version of Shang Tsung is the guy who played as Shang Tsung in the uh, Mortal Kombat movie. It's pretty cool. They made more than one of those movies? Two. Wow. Mortal Kombat, the first only, one. only two. I thought there was more. Oh, there's two. But then, then, then afterwards, then there was the series and the multiple, multiple series. But yeah, the first, um, so, but yeah, um, Kerry Tokugawa is the first Shang Tsung voice of Shang Tsung. And it's very cool to play him. Very good to hear his voice. Oh, soulless. That kind of dialogue, it just sends you chill. Mm-hmm. You see, I'm not scared of that because I don't have a soul. I've been playing Crypt of the Necrodancer. I've been playing the Switch version. I own the uh, PC version, but the Switch version was on a really great sale. Okay. They've uh, just released a um, Cadence of Hyrule crossover. So it's Crypt of the Necrodancer, but with Zelda mechanics and stuff. I haven't played that yet, um, but... Basically, it's a rhythm game in the form of a roguelike. Okay. So, this sounds a little bit creepy. It sounds like something the DJ might play there. Like, the Crypt of the Necrodancer kind of gives me a a vision of um, pole dancing. There's no pole dancing. There's no pole dancing? I think Bucky's confused. Sorry, DJ. I think Bucky's confused between the Crypt of the Bolt of the Necrodancer to Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball. See, I told you he'd be all over that. (laughs) The original music to Crypt of the Necrodancer is really, uh, really good. Okay. And uh, I see the Steam version from the show notes. They've added a bunch of uh, new content since I last played the PC version. I'm not sure if that made it into the Switch version or not, though. Mm -hmm. Who actually did the music for that? Do we know? Uh, yeah, his name is Danny uh, Baranowski. Uh, I have to give him a listen there, folks. It's actually quite fun. There's also a hilarious video on YouTube of Total Biscuit trying to play with, uh, like, a DDR dance mat. <laughs> 
So um, anything ridiculously cool other than the music about the game? Um, well, it's just a really interesting twist on two genres. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen a rhythm-based roguelike before. i got to say, just looking at the video here, it's looking a lot of fun. Yeah, so uh, on to our shout-outs for tonight. On the 24th of April, Lego introduced Braille Bricks to help visually impaired kids, and which uh, joins their other socialism project, which is to become uh, renewable energy powered which they also completed ahead of schedule earlier this year mm-hmm. on the um on 15th of june 1919 the british aviators john alcock <clears throat> and arthur brown completed the first non-stop transatlantic flight in a vickers vimy bomber from uh, newfoundland to ireland winston churchill presented them with a daily mail prize of ten thousand pounds they also carried a small amount of mail, making it the first transatlantic air mail flight. And also in aviation, on the 18th of June, 1981, the F-117 Nighthawk had its maiden flight at Groom Lake, Nevada. The pilot was uh, Harold C. Farley Jr. And it's a beautiful looking plane. Mm-hmm. So much technology in that one particular plane that would just be fun to play with. Yeah, and looking at the shape of the stealth bombers that came out around then, including the 117, mm-hmm. the um, this is also around the time that triangular UFOs started being reported, I believe, which turns out to be this plane flying over. Yeah. I actually remember when the um, first photos of this came out and it was just, everyone was just so excited because it was like it was one of the things that was just so hard to get hold of because the air force had been keeping everyone at ridiculous distances away from it and then when the first photo came out everyone was just like ooh and the air force was like oh no 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 that's obviously some dodgy mock up photo it's not real and they waited a while before they actually came out and admitted that it was actually their plane. Yeah, I wonder what uh, we're seeing these days that gets brushed off. Like um, a couple of weeks ago, there was those UFO sightings from the US Navy. Yeah, they got the new the new um, UFO sightings are uh, cigar-shaped. So I like to see the planes that are responsible for that. Yeah, unfortunately, we'll have to wait another 30 years for the, the Freedom of Information request. Yeah. Although it'll disappear in amongst all the paperwork and be hidden away again. What? We saw the next to the JFK archive and both of them burnt down in that un- completely unpredictable fire in this sealed fireproof vault? Not possible. Well, didn't they reseal a lot of the stuff from the JFK investigation under national security? Yeah. For another 100 years? Due to be released a couple of years ago now, and they decided they couldn't do that. <clears throat> so, yes. Very interesting. Yep. Hello, well, CIA. Just hope um, those UFOs weren't piloted by the penguins. Nah, well, if it was piloted by the penguins, we wouldn't see it because they're too clever. The penguins only want you to think they're flightless birds. <laughs> it's all mm. loose. Now, for the uh, remembrances, before the CIA catches on and has us disappeared, on the 17th of June, 2019, uh, Gloria Vanderbilt, the American artist, author, actress, fashion designer, heiress, and socialite, of the Vanderbilt family of New York and mother of CNN anchor Anderson Cooper. In the 1970s, Gloria launched a line of fashions 
perfume household goods with her name, and she was an early developer of designer blue jeans. In 1974, Paul McCartney released Mrs. Vanderbilt, a song based on her life. She died of stomach cancer at 95 in New York City. And on the 18th of June, 1673, uh, Jean Mance, French nurse and settler of New France, arrived in New France two years after the Ursuline nuns came to Quebec. She was among the founders of Montreal in 1642 and established its first hospital, the Hotel de Montreal. Yes, my uh, pronunciation is off in 1645. Mm-hmm. Then in 1657, she recruited sisters of the, I'm not even going to try to say that, but Religious Hospital of St. Joseph and uh, died after a long illness at 66 in Montreal. Uh, you guys want to have a go at uh, the Religious Hospitales? You actually came pretty close. It's um, Religious um, Hospitalers. The Saint Joseph. Okay, I did better than I thought. On the 18th of June, 1928, <clears throat> Roald Amundsen, the Norwegian explorer of the polar regions and a key figure in the heroic age of Antarctic exploration, he led the first expedition to traverse the Northwest Passage in 1906 and the first expedition to the South Pole in 1911. He led the first expedition proven to have reached the North Pole in 1986. He disappeared taking part in a rescue mission for the Airship Italia at 55. He would have been a tough bloke, wouldn't he? Yeah, he had to be something special to be an Antarctic explorer at that point. But the thing is, he was a Norwegian polar explorer in the days when they didn't have all the fancy stuff that they do these days to help you survive. Yeah, it's... um... When I was over there a couple of years ago, I went to a museum about art ex- exploration, and it's really hard to imagine the surviving in the equipment they had there. Mm. Now, um, our next uh, remembrance is one Buck will enjoy ranting about. <laughs> For Triple X Tentacles, the American rapper, singer, <laughs> and songwriter. Uh, the world uh, became what? a better place last year. For clarity, it's Triple X Tentacion, so... <laughs> Yeah, he was a mumble rapping idiot who got shot in a robbery. Still not, still not sure whether it was actually he was conducting the robbery or he was being robbed. Uh, from what I've gathered, he was being. Yeah. Oh, so his why hair would you, was. Why would you rob him? Hey, robbing famous celebrities is, is a thing. But when people started robbing Kanye West, that happened once. They broke into they broke into his and Kim Kardashian's suite. Apparently, there's still questions about that. Like, if you saw someone walking down the street looking like him, you, you wouldn't think, oh, this is someone who's got lots of money. Honestly, like, if you see someone walking down the street looking like this, you'd think, okay, that's someone who's suffering a terminal disease and in, in a lot of pain. Let's help kill them to put them out of their misery. Yeah, his uh, style was inspired by Cruella de Vil. Don't insult Cruella. She actually had style. <laughs> <laughs> this, this was more of an inspired by Michael Jackson's Black and White. And we have to we have to congratulate um, Joe Jackson. He was he was the first black father to successfully beat the black out of his kid. <laughs> oh! And these mumble rappers are all seem to be trying to copy. They're definitely beating something. And if you check his Wikipedia page, there is a very long section about his controversy, his legal issues, his feuds with other performers. Now, uh-huh. was this the guy who, before he got killed, was saying, come on, kill me? Or was that one of the other ones? Um, <laughs> if it was others, I would I would help. I would, I would go, okay, look, you're obviously asking for help. And I would drive him all the way to Victoria so I can help euthanize him. Oh, yeah. I remember um, one of these mumble rappers. 
um, a few like a few days before he got killed, someone, some other mumble rapper threatened his life, and he was like, "Come on, do it!" And then he got killed, and I was like, "Well, it's said to do it." Yeah. Um, I'm just looking through his Wikipedia page here, and Onfroy is that his name? Onfroy. Yeah, his name's Jarset Onfroy. Okay. Um, this is weirder. Um, apparently, um, one of his biggest influences was Cage the Elephant. Who's that? I have no idea, but with a name like that, I'm, I've got to check them out. Apparently, it's a rock band from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Anyway, before uh, Buck makes any more death threats against mumble rappers as a class. <laughs> I'm not making death threats. I'm just offering to help put them out of their misery and make the world a better place. Our next section is the famous birthdays. On the 15th of June, 1953, Xi Jinping, Chinese dictator for life was born he is noted for his resemblance to winnie the pooh <laughs> and was born in beijing and i am now officially banned from china <laughs> i'm actually moving farther away from my microphone in case it explodes <laughs> On you, were, the 18th you were saying i was being mean to the mumble rappers and you just you just insulted the general secretary of the communist party of china the country where their secret service is so secret that nobody even knows their name. Same's Dave. The secret service, not the person. Oh. Yeah, see, you even slipped yourself up there. Just, if you actually look carefully out, out the corner of your eye, there's a Chinese spy there coming to get you now. Maybe I will he, sleep um, with my eyes open. Maybe he might be that construction worker. Oh, there are construction workers out the um, out the back of uh, my work at the moment. See, they're following they're Chinese, me. though. Uh, but how do you know they're not Chinese? <laughs> I'm going to get lynched for this because they're white. <laughs> it kind of gives it away. I've seen some Chinese that are pretty white. <laughs> We've so got to edit this out. <laughs> They're all white with me. <laughs> you are hitting it with the dad jokes tonight. That's because I'm so sexy. <laughs> I think we broke the professor again. Our next birthday is the 18th of June, 1942. Paul McCartney of the Beatles. As of 2009, he had... 25 and a half million RIAA certified units in the United States and written or co-written 32 songs that reached number one Billboard Hot 100. He's a two-time inductee into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and 18-time Grammy Award winner. And he's a member of the Order of the British Empire. So he's technically Sir Paul McCartney. Mm Mm-hmm. He's uh, worked to promote international charities for animal rights, seal hunting, landmines, vegetarianism, poverty, music education. He's been married three times and has five kids. He is also estimated to have $1.2 billion. He was born in Liverpool. Yeah, you gotta, you got to love the fact that since he sang that song with um, Kanye West, his career's going to take off now. <laughs> yeah, Kanye himself said that, didn't he? No, um, not that I'm aware of, but I overheard like someone at uni told me that they'd overheard someone saying that. I literally just cried, like, the sheer stupidity and ignorance involved in that. And then someone tried to tell me they didn't know who Joe Cocker was. And I started listening out all the songs. If you had to murder for that. I I couldn't. I was just, I was was too busy crying. Just, like, how can someone be alive that can be that that ignorant? And studying at university at the same time. I don't know. They let the DJ in. Not even going to buy that one. All right. Our next birthday is the 18th of June, 1973. Julie Depardieu, a French actress, 
daughter of Gerald Gerard Depardieu and Elizabeth Depardieu. I'm getting worse at saying this the more I say it. What what name? Depardieu. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Oh, the list is the list is too long. We'd have to start a whole new show. <laughs> She's won two Caesar Awards for Best Supporting Actress and Best Young Actress for La, P- La Petite Lily and won Best Supporting Actress for Unsecret. She was born in Paris. What's her sister's name? She doesn't have a sister. <laughs> oh, she, oh, she was a sister of... Oh, it's a brother, is it? What's her brother's yeah. name? Guillaume. Guillaume who? <laughs> Pepardieu. <laughs> Oh my God, Professor, you are so tongue-tied today. <laughs> it's a genetic thing. My tongue's too big for my mouth. I have to keep it rolled up. And on to the events of interest. On the 18th of June, 1928, aviator Amelia Earhart becomes the first woman to fly an aircraft across the Atlantic Ocean. Oh no, sorry, she flew in the aircraft. Her pilot was uh, Wilma Stoltz and Canicles Lou Gordon. She would later go missing flying across the Pacific. On the she was 18th, abducted by the penguin. <laughs> on the 18th of June, 1940, uh, Winston Churchill delivered this. This was their finest hour speech to the House of Commons of the United Kingdom. It was given a month after he took office as Prime Minister and was made after France had sought an armistice on the evening of the 16th of June. Mm-hmm. On the 18th of June, 1983, on Space Shuttle launch STS-7, astronaut Sally Ride becomes the first American woman in space. And on the 18th of June, 2009, the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter was launched in conjunction with Lunar Crater Observation and Sensing Satellite as the, precur- as the vanguard of NASA's Lunar Precursor Robotic Program. It was the first US mission to the moon in ten- over 10 years. And that's uh, all of the events of interest for tonight. DJ, where can they find us? Uh, the Facebook. Uh, they can find us on Twitter at nAmalgamate. Um, feedback or comments, uh, email us at nerds.amalgamate at gmail.com. Uh, they can also find us on that's not canon.com, an archive of our old episodes and merchandise. And um... What the heck? <laughs> I'm stunned. <laughs> Did, did you kick your, your leg up to the side there when you said that? No. <laughs> and, do, and do the poise, like, merchandise. The, the, the spirit fingers in the air and Actually, head I to did, the side. I did the spirit fingers, but not the, uh, <laughs> no, but not the legs. But um, we've also are on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. But yeah, we're, we're everywhere. And check out our friends at the uh, that's not canon.com website who are in many other podcasts <clears throat> you guys have any uh shout outs for this week um the laughter experiment the literal clowns yes not not like us they are actually funny so uh yes check out uh, the laughter experiment sorry the, it's the humor experiment isn't it um i thought it was um yeah it might be the humor experiment sorry yeah so check out the humor experiment of that's not canon and let them know we sent you but uh that's all from us this week so we'll see you next time see you guys Ah, oh, before we go though remember to look after yourselves take care of each other and stay hydrated hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.